One of the greatest lessons I learned early on about effectively managing a team of people was to remove one particular word from my vocabulary. And since I stopped using this word 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, I've seen a dramatic positive change in my effectiveness as a leader. What is the word? Hang on and I'll tell you all about it. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So how many times have you seen this situation or one like it? A manager has a conversation with an employee, and at some point the manager says something like, I really think you need to work on your attitude. Or, I don't like your attitude. And the employee responds by saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. Or, I don't have an attitude. So the manager replies, well, it was clear you had an attitude with that customer or that other coworker. I could tell by the way you were talking. And the employee responds, I don't tell you. That's just the way I talk. Now, at this point, the manager is in a very bad situation. It's possible, even likely, that the employee is getting defensive, knowing the manager is right about the manner in which the employee has been conducting themselves or speaking to somebody else. But the manager is now in a no-win situation because the only way to prove that he or she is right is to tell the employee what the employee's negative intent was and to get the employee to agree. Good luck with that. Anything that is said by the manager to illustrate their point of what a bad attitude looks like is completely subjective, and unless the employee suddenly agrees with the manager, there's no way to quote-unquote prove who is right and who is wrong. This conversation is likely to go on for a while until the manager tires of arguing a point that cannot objectively be argued. Ultimately, generally how these things go is the manager will finally just give up and make a quick demand for a change at the end and say something like, well, I'm tired of arguing about this, I'm tired of talking about this, You just need to do better from now on. Or I just don't want to see that anymore. Or you just need to shape up your attitude. The employee, also probably tired of arguing a point that cannot objectively be argued, will leave the conversation believing they were unfairly persecuted. The end result will probably be one which includes neither the manager or the employee considering the other person's point of view as valid, and both will walk away feeling they both won and lost. The manager gets a quote-unquote win by telling the employee that they need to shape up their attitude or change their or change their, their attitude or make some kind of improvement. And the employee gets a win because the employee did not have to own up to anything or, or admit to do anything wrong. But they both lost because neither one can feel like their perspective was validated. And, and uh, this is the problem when trying to, to change or address a person's quote-unquote attitude. So a long time ago... Uh, This is in probably 1998, give or take, 1999, somewhere in there. Uh, I was not a very good supervisor. I was was new to managing and leading a group of people. Um, I made routine big mistakes, little mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes. 
One of the things my manager taught me at that time, though, and my manager was very good with people. Uh, Of course, he had some flaws like we all do, but he was very good at diagnosing situations where managers really made things worse for no reason. He was very good at uh, understanding human behavior and knowing what worked and what didn't work. One of my greatest mentors as far as really cutting to um, what works and what doesn't, eliminating mistakes that I make, you know, or, may, or was making at the time pretty routinely. Um, he, he did some great things to help me improve for sure. I, there's no way I would uh, have progressed the level I did without, without this and, and many other mentors. But this one thing that he said to me was, Brian, how could you possibly see or believe that you can accurately describe someone's attitude? And then he stopped. It was this long awkward pause because the obvious answer is that I couldn't but like many people this was language I was comfortable using I would routinely talk about somebody's attitude and expect that people just believe what I said was right even though there's no way I could possibly know what their attitude was attempting to address a person's or or describe a person's attitude requires having knowledge of their thoughts and their intent Neither of those two things can be known by anyone except for the person whose quote-unquote attitude is being evaluated or addressed or speculated about. So any conversation involving a person's attitude is futile from the very onset. So this manager taught me that you can only coach or discipline or address people based upon things you can see, describe, or measure. An attitude does not fall into any of those categories. If you don't address things that you can see, describe, or measure, it'll turn into a he-said-she-said argument over completely subjective beliefs, and nothing will get resolved. In fact, it'll almost always get worse. I can see, describe, and in many cases measure somebody's behavior. I can use objective data to coach and critique behavior. So rather than addressing a person's attitude, I strongly recommend we address specific behaviors, which we can see. So for example... Instead of saying, you had a bad attitude, I would prefer to describe what I witnessed, which is, I saw you roll your eyes. I saw your tone change. I saw you walk away while that other person was speaking. These are behaviors and actions that I can objectively state happened. And it would be very hard-pressed for somebody to deny walking away when somebody else is talking. They might try something like, well, I thought they were done talking or something like that. But that's a huge improvement over Here's what your intent was, and here's what you were thinking, and here's why you're behaving this way. Good luck with those arguments. So I think we should stick to addressing what we know, what we've witnessed, and what we can measure. Getting into a debate with somebody about what their intent was in doing something is, at best, a giant waste of time. And at worst, can create hard feelings that last for months or even years. I know of very specific incidents and situations where people have held grudges over this kind of thing for years. It's crazy how pissed people get when somebody else speaks as if they know what they're thinking or what their intent was. You've seen this, no doubt, with your romantic relationships, with your spouse, with your children, with your parents. Like We've seen this all through life. When people start speaking about what they think your intent was and what they think your thoughts were, really bad things start to happen. So for this reason, I simply do not use the word attitude at all, and I haven't now for over two decades. I do not allow my management team to use the word attitude unless they're quoting somebody. 
I specifically address problematic behaviors and actions. So the same situations, I've dealt with the same situations in my career over the last 20 plus years of managing people that people who use the word attitude have to address. There's tons of examples of people doing really crappy things to each other as, as employees or dropping the ball for customers or frankly, just not appearing to care or uh, just kind of mailing it in sometimes, not following processes. I've had to address all that stuff just like anybody else in a leadership role would, but I've done it without using the word attitude. I specifically talk about behavior and actions or sometimes inaction. And I point this out because when I discuss changing the language from attitude to behavior with some managers, some business owners, I will get oftentimes a great deal of pushback. Like, that can't happen. You, There's no way you could talk about somebody and their poor performance. Sometimes they just have a crappy attitude and you have to talk about that and you have to address that. I simply don't believe this is true because I've been much more effective at addressing problematic behavior by addressing the behaviors rather than presuming to know something like intent, which I cannot possibly know. I've had very stern sometimes conversations and very direct and very uncomfortable conversations with people about performance and about their actions and about their behaviors. And I get much better traction than if I spent my time talking about their attitude, which is their thoughts and their intent. I could never know those things. And it just turns into a, just a massive waste of time. Again, at best, it's a massive waste of time. Carrying on as if I had this knowledge about what their intent and what their thoughts are um, is just, in my opinion, not likely to produce positive results. I've experienced and seen the, the tremendous negative results of using the word attitude, and I've seen massive change for me myself personally, and I've seen massive change in leaders I've helped train and managers I've helped help bring up through the ranks. Once they stop using this word and they stop talking, start talking about behavior, Lots of things change for the better. And one of the reasons I think is because as managers, we have to place a high value on objectivity and pragmatism and, and what we know and what we, what we can see rather than leading with inaccurate or incomplete knowledge. Making assumptions, you know, you, you, we've all heard the saying, what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me? This is kind of the same thing for um, attitude, I think. It's assuming that we know something we can't possibly know. And the person we're accusing knows we can't possibly know. So they kind of, we immediately kind of give them the upper hand here. And, and, and we're going to, the whole conversation is going to sidetrack into subjective, go nowhere conversation rather than get, getting what I really want done, which is change your behavior. Don't treat your coworkers like that. Don't treat the customer like that. Don't drop the ball. Come to work on time. What, what Whatever it is, that's the behavior I want to see changed. I would rather be much more efficient and effective at that than carrying on a conversation about something I cannot possibly know. I know what I can see. I know what I can hear. I even know what was reported to me by a customer or another employee, even if I didn't see it. Now, that doesn't mean that it's always accurate and that I hang my hat on it being 100% the truth. I think we've talked about that before. You know, there's three sides to every story. But I can know what somebody told me, and I can report that and when they do that, when somebody brings something to me, when an employee brings me something about another employee, a complaint or something, or a customer brings a, a complaint of some sort, and they use the word attitude, I don't necessarily, especially with a customer, I don't necessarily correct them and say, you can't use that word attitude. I will say things like, what kind of behavior did you see? What actions did you see? Because that is what I need to take back to the employee to get the correction I need. 
it's not helpful, healthy or helpful for me to have uh, long-term conversations uh, about somebody's attitude and their, their intent and their thoughts. I can see and know what, be, what behavior or an action was. There's no way I can know their thoughts or intents. So, um, therefore, I could never really know somebody's attitude. I would rather work with things I know and can see and can measure. And I would even take this a step further and tell you that one of the things that I believe has helped create a thriving culture in many of the companies I've worked for where I was responsible for creating these cultures is to prohibit managers, supervisors, even leads, anybody in a leadership or influencing kind of role, just tell them this is a word that's off limits. You cannot use the word attitude except in cases where you're quoting somebody. If you're quoting a customer who calls and says so-and-so had an attitude, then you can use the word. Of course, you're quoting somebody else. But you can't use it to describe somebody else's behavior when you mean behavior. You, you need to speak about behavior when that's what you mean. And if you aren't sure what the behavior was, then we need to, to clarify that before we move on. And it doesn't take very – one of the things that happens when we do that is by teaching our leadership team and our managers that this word is kind of off limits – word will kind of trickle out that that's the case. Like this, this is, it'll become known that this is a word that's just not really acceptable. And what happens when that begins to take place is employees of all sorts will start catching themselves saying, you know, Oh, attitude. Oh, wait, I know we're not really supposed to say that. Um, I mean, here's what I saw or here's the behavior or here's the action. Or It's interesting that uh, even in cases where I haven't specifically told rank and file employees that they can't use the word attitude, they kind of self-correct on this because they've heard the leaders talk about how this is a, a thing that's not um, acceptable. Um, especially if there's, you know, a group like a, a small office with a group of people and uh, they might overhear conversations where I talk about this is a word that's not allowed to be used. And in those cases, they kind of take it upon themselves to um, self-correct there because I think that all people despite uh, no, no matter what their their title is, I think everybody can kind of wrap their heads around like the benefits of not assuming to know somebody else's thoughts or intents. Like that's really uh, just a, a not, there's, there's no good result to come from that. I think everybody can kind of appreciate that. And it's really wonderful to see, again, people who are not even in leadership roles self-correct on this and begin talking about and to each other without using the word attitude. And it really changes how people uh, respond to critiques. You know, uh, it's important to help people understand the difference between a critique and a criticism. And when you're sp speaking about somebody's behavior, that's much more likely to be perceived as a critique where you talk about attitude that quickly kind of gets into criticism. So uh, before we move on, let me tell you again about uh, something I'm really excited about, which is my book that came out. It's called Service Industry Success. Just like this podcast, the cover looks just like the podcast cover uh, uh, image when you when you look on your phone. It's now available on Amazon and anywhere else you can get a book, pretty much. Um, this book takes a deep dive into leadership ideas, strategies, and tactics that have worked for me for many years. I share a lot of things I've learned from mentors that, again, like the one I'm talking about today, uh, people who have really shaped how um, I go about managing people and leading folks and and taught me some very specific strategies and ideas and tactics that, that work. There's a few others I came up with on my own that I've concluded those as well. This book is primarily for business owners who are afraid to hold their employees accountable out of fear that they will leave and who want to develop strategies and tactics to hold their team accountable without feeling like a jerk. It's for business owners who want to teach their leadership team who are up and coming managers how to be effective leaders and managers in the future, but don't necessarily have a step-by-step -step process available to do so. 
It's for managers and leaders who want to develop the knowledge and skills to get their employees to do the right thing because they want to, rather than being motivated by your threats or pleading. This book is really for anybody who manages a group of people. It doesn't have to be even people in service industries. It's for anyone who has a team of people to manage. Some of it talks about things that only a business owner will relate to. Uh, some, you know, if you work for a large corporation, there's things. In, there's a couple chapters that uh, you you may not have the level of influence that a small business owner has over the entire course. But there's tons of very specific strategies and tactics. Uh, you'll learn inside why we overreact the way we do sometimes as leaders and managers. And it's it's some things are very step by step, almost scripted conversations. Some are more uh, generic and and help you develop tools to catch yourself so you don't overreact and don't make emotional decisions and things like that. Again, stuff I've learned from some fantastic mentors. Um, I really um, I really think you're going to like it. If you like this podcast, you're going to like it because it gets way more in-depth of things we already talked about. So again, to get your copy, go to sisthebook.com. That's SIS as in service industry success, thebook.com to get your copy today. So um One of the first things we have to remember is that by attempting to describe or assess a person's attitude, we are attempting to know their thoughts and intent definitively, which is just frankly not possible. So the manager that taught me this basically, you know, asked me, do you think that you can understand and know somebody's attitude, their their intent and their thoughts? And the obvious answer was no. So he said, you can only coach or discipline or address people based upon things you can see, describe or measure. Otherwise, it'll turn into a he said, she said, and have completely subjective you know, arguments, and nothing will get resolved. In fact, it'll almost always get worse. You can see, describe, and in many cases, beha- uh, measure somebody's behavior. You can use objective data to coach and critique behavior. Rather than addressing a person's attitude, we can address specific behaviors and say things like, I saw you roll your eyes, and I, you walked away when the other person was speaking, and your tone of voice changed when this happened. Those are objective, definitive things we can know. Attitude is not one of those things. We have to stick to addressing what we know if we want uh, to be to have credibility. We, you know, we can we can witness things. We can talk about that. We can measure things. We can talk about that. We cannot speak about things we don't know. Getting to a, into a debate with somebody about what their intent, what their thoughts were, especially if they're in a foul mood, which is oftentimes the case when you might use the word attitude. Good luck with the a positive result there. At best, it's a giant waste of time, and at worst, it can create hard feelings that will last for months or even years. I personally do not allow myself or my management team to use the word attitude and have not for 23 years now. It's one of the best things I ever did. Literally within a few weeks of making this change, both for myself and for managers I've trained, you see an immediate change, a very immediate change in how they go about and how I went about really diving in and and doing the work of identifying the behavior. It's almost, you know, for in my case, it was almost kind of a laziness thing where I just chalk things up to a bad attitude and I didn't have to do any work. That's a lot easier than having to get very specific about somebody's behavior and, and go, well, okay, maybe it wasn't so bad. Maybe I'm just kind of overreacting. Maybe I'm being the jerk today. You know, who knows? As managers, it's important we place a high value on objectivity and pragmatism rather than, than, than leading through assumptions and inaccurate or incomplete knowledge. We, can, we have to stick to what we absolutely know whenever possible. We know what we can see. We know what we can hear. We know what was reported to us. I can see a behavior. I can see an action. There's no way I can know somebody's thought or intent. So I can never really know their attitude. And so this is all just bad, bad, bad. From the, from the jump, it's always bad. And sometimes it just gets worse. Um, 
again, I would take this a step further and and tell you the thing that I think that as I've rolled this out to managers and trained managers on this, and they've really taken it and ran with it, which sometimes there's some there's some pushback in the beginning, but always it, they come around and because they start to see the value pretty quickly. It doesn't take long for word to travel, and before you know it. All of your employees will stop using the word attitude and they'll, you'll hear the difference in their language and how they talk to each other and how they address things that they're unhappy about. Again, I think it's in some cases just kind of a laziness thing. It's easy just to chalk things up to a bad attitude and, and just that settles it and I'm done and I don't have to do any more work on this and I can just blame somebody else and move on with my day. Um, I don't think that's very productive. I think that's one of the reasons why eliminating this word from, from your vocabulary, you'll see huge positive impact. I would definitely recommend you give it a shot. That's it for this week. Don't forget to go to sisthebook.com to get your copy of Service Industry Success today. If you haven't had a chance yet, please give us a rating or review on this podcast. I really appreciate that. The ratings are growing. That's only because you guys are helping me out with uh, sharing the podcast with friends or colleagues who are business owners in service industries and those ratings reviews. That really is helpful. Uh, thanks again for all of you who have taken the time to do that. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to do so. That's it for this week. I will see you all next week.